Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Hello, Watch OK Please podcast listeners. This is Scott. Aha, I bet you were expecting Nyan to do this intro. But I'm going to take a turn to introduce our latest episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. First up, Dan and Nyan give their feedback for the Netflix limited series Midnight Mass. And just a warning, we do get into some spoilery discussions about the entire series, but we very clearly marked in the segment as to when our discussion with spoilers will begin. So if you do not want to hear that, uh, definitely skip by that and come back to us for Dan's pitch of the movie The Yin Yang Master, which is currently available on Netflix. And we'll indicate in the show notes the timestamps for when our discussion of spoilers starts and when it ends, so you can listen in for the pitch of the yin yang master as always if you are enjoying or hating any of this podcast please rate and review us on spotify and apple podcasts you can also hit us up on our twitter instagram or facebook pages as we do monitor the, each of those finally feel free to leave us a voice message with a pitch of a show or movie that you want us to watch on our anchor page at anchor.fm slash watch okay please All right, listeners, let's give this nonsense a shot. And thank you very much for wasting some of your valuable time with us. Hello, everyone. This is Scott, and we are here for the feedback of the show Midnight Mass, which is a limited series on Netflix. And Dan, uh, Nyan had seen it previously, but Dan was watching it for the first time. So interested to hear everyone's take on this show. So what did you guys think? And I finished it. That yeah. is impressive. Yeah, so it, it's, it was a limited series. And I guess, you know, I mean, the completest that I am, I doubt, like I mentioned in the, uh, during the pitch, you know, I definitely had the urge to kind of complete it. So what I would like to do, if it's cool with you guys, now I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about things in a, in a non-spoiler way, and then I need then I might need to delve, delve into some spoilers. So we'll have to give it. We'll throw up a spoiler warning at some point before we get into heavy heavy duty stuff. Does that sound good? Yeah, I think. It's, I mean, this is the feedback pitch or the feedback as opposed yeah. to the pitch. So I, I say spoil yeah, so, away, my friend. So, yeah. So so the so the, my non-spoiler opinion is is that it was it was it was it was, it was good. It was good. I wasn't. I wouldn't say it was great. I, I do appreciate a lot of the, the the cinematography. You know, there's a lot of you know imagery and elements that they that they use that were that were very very good and very very powerful to kind of evoke various different themes and, and throughout the uh, the series as well. You definitely gave you the feel of of the small town kind of feel of of, of the island uh, and whatnot. So I definitely you know do appreciate that. And, and again, I, I did you know you do develop a a, a good. Uh, an interesting relationship with various different characters. When uh, you may have your own personal bents or opinions, uh, you, you might you might label certain people as you know a Karen, for example. But 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, overall, I, think, I thought it was very interesting. I mean, I definitely, if I was to say, you know, like there, I think there's definitely, if who I'd recommend this to, I would think it's like, I think I would definitely, I wouldn't recommend to everybody in that, you know, I think that there's different grades of, because I believe Netflix does classify this as horror, I believe is one of the genres. And so like, again, it's, I, I'd say it's not your typical kind of uh horror genre. So if you're looking for, you know, your, Michael Myers, your Saws, your, you know, Freddy's, your Jasons of the world. This might not kind of fit that central kind of, you know, horror, horror or antagonist, if you will. So that it might not fit those people per se. But I think that there's a lot of, you know, these more modern types of horror bits, especially stuff that Flanagan has done in the past, I, from my understanding, also stands in that kind of uh, kind of straddles that genre realm and whatnot but again, there may be other ones that you know that might kind of fit in the same vein that i'm not thinking about at the top of my head right now but that's just that's my that's just my two cents uh my non-spoiler thoughts before we head into the deep stuff here no that's interesting you said that because i thought the same thing and i am definitely not a person who watch who has watched a lot of horror stuff either movies or tv shows but even with that kind of lack of things to compare it to it did seem like it wasn't a typical horror story or like i don't know um didn't have the same feeling to it that i would imagine most horror experiences do agreed uh so you know if you uh do you have anything else you want to add before we start digging a little deeper here it's funny you kind of had the same impression that i did um in that i i thought it was fine i I liked it 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 was decent but it wasn't mind-blowing per se Mm -hmm. um i i enjoyed it it was good for what it was i i personally used to like the horror genre a lot more probably more in terms of novels like i was a big stephen king guy um right. growing up and then i kind of enjoyed horror movies uh to an extent like i but not uh didn't you know completely i didn't fall in love with the genre and i had a lot of friends growing up who did who were really really into horror movies and i just it just never really pulled me in uh but i do like a good well thought out horror movie um mm. so this kind of bridged the gap between uh halloween and my dinner with andre for me okay, because of go. all the, okay. all the monologues. <laughs> I forget if I mentioned that during the pitch, but they're just, cause it gets so monologue heavy. Um, it just, the fact that everyone, it felt like everyone was auditioning constantly <laughs> throughout the series. I, I can see that. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, congrats guys. You get the part. Like you're, you're, you're in, <laughs> yeah. you're in, yeah. you're in the series. Uh, we're all, we're all proud of you. We're really looking forward to working with you. I, I, I appreciated it. I think that's why I was more tolerant of it. This was something I watched all the way through and I was on my phone a lot of the time, um, but I didn't feel bad about it because I right. paid attention. It was good enough. There's some really good performances. I agree. Um, there, uh, there's a lot of intensity. There's a lot of good parts and, and it's decent storytelling. Uh, I just, it was ultimately not, I'm just not a big of a horror person to fully appreciate it mm-hmm. though. I'll, I'll hold off. Cause I'll, I'll leave it. We'll get we'll get spoilery in a minute, but um, but yeah, all, all, overall, it was decent. Took a little while, a little slow. I agree. Uh, I hate Bev with a passion. Um, yes. I, I will. The, the, so here's the thing with Bev. Uh, she, her she is such a good actress. She she falls under the Angela role in my mind, uh, where. Um, the for those folks who've uh, never discussed this with the Angela rule is when an actor and actress is so good in their part that I'll never be able to separate them from the role uh, that they played, and I'll forever. Yes. 
forever be convinced that they are actually this person, regardless of whether they're just speaking as as themselves or in another role. And I will hate them till the end of time. And, uh, and, and do, would you care to illustrate as to which Angela you're referring to? Angela, uh, Angela Kinsey from The Office. Okay, just, and, just yeah, just want to make oh, sure yeah. that yeah. she's an excellent actress. She seems like a real nice person. I will hate her forever. <laughs> and that's that's what happened with Bev. Like I will just never. Be, I've seen Angela Kinsey be in in roles where she's actually nice, and I just I can't I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, and I will just hate Bev forever. The, the reason why I asked about Angela is because there might be people you might be thinking about a different Angela, like Angela Samantha Moda. <laughs> you thought I was going? Who's the boss on this? I, I was again. I wanted to make sure that you that you were talking uh-huh. about. Yeah. Well, that that yeah. that that's the Mona rule where I love someone regardless of what they've ever done because Catherine <laughs> Hellman is a saint. Yes, <laughs> there, I will love her from from soap to who's the boss. She killed it every time. Yes. Uh, I no no yeah total agreement here. So, <laughs> well, I, I thought that something very similar Naya, that I really could not stand Bev at all. And I was wondering whether that was because the actress was so good in that role that she just made her such a loathsome character. Yeah, but it, it's, but it's funny, it's, but you, I think we've all met people that have, that, that bring this kind of, you know, horrible mix of, uh, of, you know, of holier than thou, you know, meets, you know, you know, other you know aspects of superior superiority complexes and i think we've all been around people that are like this and, and they, they, again in they might not, might not all be of the same um theistic background mind you but they but they may they may see themselves in that kind of bathed by the light of god so to speak <laughs> yeah along with passive aggressive racism yeah oh that's, that's the best kind of racism isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's, like and it, that is that, is that was the answer to racism for 400 by the way <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it definitely was uh and specifically i'm thinking about that like meeting with some of the townspeople which i think was in the first two episodes which are the ones yeah. that mm-hmm. were recommended where she's kind of demeaning um the sheriff in a very at least what she thought was a very subtle way but the because, but like, mem- oh, but you have to remember you know the 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 uh the the bunker has always been St. Pat's. <laughs> yes, apparently so. Yes, and like shame on oh. him for not realizing. That. <laughs> and, and and little did we, little did we know that be, became a plot point later. <laughs> yes. So. so I wanted to ask you guys one other thing before we move into some more specific details. Is did you like the kind of one on one just conversations? that was like a, a storytelling device that they used several times in the, the- in the series, or did you think it, it w- didn't really work for you? I was, I was up for the, my dinner with Andre moments, uh, <laughs> I, to be honest, because as much as I, I, you know, I made fun of it in terms of being kind of be monologue and stuff. I, I actually enjoyed it because the actors did a great job with it. I enjoyed the kind of the change of pace from, you know, having to deal with constant jump scares and, because that's that that's what I find tedious with with horror movies, because people say they watch horror movies because they love to be scared, and I'm like, why? Why? And I know this is a joke that I know Paul F. Tompkins has a bit about this, but <laughs> honestly, like, I don't I don't sit around waiting, you know, I don't sit around at home 
hoping that I get unscared. Like, I'm just like, I'm enjoying yeah. life. And I was like, I really wish I was completely frightened for my life right and now. I, I, I'm convinced that there, again, I feel like there's a Venn diagram that we're missing here where it's like, you know, you have like, you know, horror, horror fans, um, extreme sports fans, and like, you know, nymphomaniacs. And in the, in the middle, it's all adrenaline chasers. So it's like, I think that that's kind of what we're looking at here. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> but, but yeah, ultimately, I, I liked this shift, right? And it makes me want to check out other Mike Flanagan stuff if it's kind of similar. I'm not rushing out the door to do it, but I'd be open to it. Like right. the Haunting, Haunting of Bly Manor, um, uh, Haunting of Hill House, if I remember correctly, is one of his other ones. If he uses that these devices, you know, consistently, I'd, I'd be up for it because I like, I like the change of pace. I like the shift. There were certain times where I definitely checked out on my phone. Like I was definitely yeah. like yeah. scrolling through Reddit or reading the news or playing Marvel <laughs> Puzzle Quest. I was doing one of those things multiple times, but it was, it, I think it made it more palatable and it definitely made it more palatable for Kate, who was the one who wanted to watch this because she was the one, she was the one, I think they were talking about it on podcasts that she listens to. She doesn't, she doesn't listen to this, but she listens to other podcasts. Of course. And, um, and that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I get it. Um, <laughs> she gets enough of me at home, but um, <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, we that that was the original impetus for for watching it, and uh, uh, I think that you know that the device and um, of of the, the monologuing worked here. And Dave, yeah. do you feel like yeah, it did yeah, as well? No, yeah, I definitely, I definitely did 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 like the the, the different types of monologues and, and whatnot, and uh, you know, I definitely did appreciate you know some of the introspection that came as a result of those or they kind of or resulted in the monologue even happening in some cases, you know, I definitely did appreciate that and whatnot. And, and, you know, and were there slower points? Yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, I think that, you know, that there is it, it a lot more of a kind of a slow burn, if you will. But, you know, again, there's a lot of people that, you know, want to be different types of storytellers. And there's the type of people that, you know, I think we might have mentioned this in a previous, you know, episode in that you know there's there's storytellers that kind of know the ending and they basically are trying to kind of backtrack from the ending to get, make it all work and there are people that have all these or they start off with basically a clear you know kind of origin point and then they're trying to figure out oh well what what is the ending going to be so it's like there's kind of two different ways to go about things and whatnot and so it's it's interesting to see how this kind of came about being that it kind of straddles a couple of different genres here so for sure yeah, and I agree with you, Nye, and I think it was a nice change of pace. And I'm also not one for those, like, scary moments where, like, the music comes on really, really loud, like, out of nowhere, and it's just trying to scare you. From, uh, from my point of view, one of the, what I think was one of the coolest horror-related things that I've seen is that Geico commercial where the people <laughs> keep doing, like, all of, like, the stereotypes from horror movies. Yep, 100%. That was great. It's like, why don't we get by, by, the, by the way, the call was coming from inside the house. Yeah. And like, wait, are you crazy? Let's go to the creepy cemetery instead. That was great. That was, yeah. Uh, you should I, adapt that into a limited series. They really should. I oh, would I, definitely I, watch that. Uh, uh, by, by the way, I think they're already covering almost all those tropes in the new screen movie that's dropping. There's a new oh. screen movie. Screen movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they, they bring back all everyone else. Is it brought to you by Geico? Or are they doing like the caveman thing where they like try to turn a Geico commercial into a series? It's I, I can fully uh, believe there'd be some sort of product placement in the movie, one hundred percent. You know, it, if you guys remember, I believe it was it was Jiffy Pop that was featured within the first five minutes of the first one. Because Drew Barrymore is cooking the Jiffy Pop uh, at the beginning of at the beginning of it. 
Oh, and what year was that? Who's still cooking Jiffy Pop? I've <laughs> never. Well, keep, keep, keep it this way. Scream, Scream. Um, came as a sec on a secondary viewing perspective when we were uh, freshmen in college. That's we never made it. We never made any Jiffy Pop uh, when we were freshmen in college, but didn't really have access to stoves. Yes, ex- well, except maybe well, not so maybe set. Well, Scott and I had access to a stove sophomore year. That's true. <laughs> But uh, but you know, but we rarely frequented that kitchen, so to speak. But uh, but you know, but yeah, but I mean, I, I have I have very fond memories of uh, of wearing a wearing a mask and uh, going in and running down the aisle at a very specific point in, in the movie uh, and scaring the living bejesus out of people. You did that. I did that. <laughs> I think I think I even got a mention, an anonymous mention in the justice actually. But oh, I, I kind of <laughs> anonymous mention. <laughs> Oh wow! wow. That, yeah, really. <laughs> so Dan, there. I, I think maybe could we use this as the spoiler alert for our listeners? I think this is fair. You 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 will be spoiled if you go beyond this point, and uh, perhaps we might maybe we'll do a timestamp uh, marking in the description so we can tell people to if they want to get to the, the pitch after this point that they can go to the pitch. So maybe that might we'll notate that for later. Okay. All right. Go for it. All right. So I, I, I have one question. Yes. Do vampire stories not exist in this universe? That's an excellent question. I don't. I, and one I was, I was desperately trying to figure out with, with Kate when we, uh, when we got to the end of this and I don't think they do. I think Flanagan at some point in the interview, it, it confirms that vampire vampire stories do not exist in this universe. And that's why no one knows what's going on. And it's very confusing. It, but if honestly, if they'd figured out a way to communicate that at some way, at some point in the seven hours, seven <laughs> hours yes. could have made it clear that people didn't know what vampires were somehow. I understand it's hard to prove a negative, but come on, guys. I'm with you 100%, Dan. It was infuriating. Yeah. I mean, again, again vampires within themselves, the concept of vampires are, uh, kind of show up in various different cultures and they're called by different names. Now, vampires, you know, as in Dracula, so to speak, exist primarily out of those stories, you know, Mary Shelley style, if you will. But there are other cultures that have, you know, you know, blood sucking beasts of various different sor- sorts and whatnot. So it's like, now, granted, Crockett Island is about is about as white as they come. Um, <laughs> so my guess is that they're they're not necessarily going to be know about say different types of Asian uh, demons and, and 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 other kinds of cultures and other you know African or you know South, you know you know, aboriginal type of stories either. So I, I, I can get why they wouldn't know those stories, but yeah, definitely a frustrating. I agree. But they have the internet, right? Like I'm not crazy. Right. right. Like, they have cell phones. Yeah. Okay. So you would think yeah. they have the internet. When, when they're not, when they're not, art, when they're not, you know, blowing up or sabotaging their actual infrastructure. Yes. Right. Including their cell phone tower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cell phone tower. Boom. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's all that. Yeah. It was nuts. Like just the, it, it, I, and I, you know, I think that probably is one of the bigger miscalculations from Flanagan, like with with regards to the series, is that is just doing this. But the, the story falls apart if they know what vampires are, right? Like the yeah. way the, everything he's trying to accomplish. But it brings you out of the story. You're like, because any any rational person is being like, wait, do they not know what a vampire is? Like every 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> But 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 again, you know, if you think of it this way, I mean, you know, the the way I try to kind of make a do the mental gymnastics, so to speak, I thought of it this way: it's like, okay, well, 
and if you were, I mean, they had scripture quoting about, you know, being fearful of, you know, an agent of God, if you will. And, you know, and so I tried to basically do some mental gymnastics. Like, well, okay, no one really would know per se what an angel looks like. Because we obviously see the more literally angelic, more interpretations where it's a, you know, a happy, smirky guy uh, that m- maybe looked like late, the late Sir Alan Rickman. If you're a dogma oh. fan, uh, but <laughs> but you know, but again, it, you know, it, it might again, but obviously, this is like you know, it, someone something appears to you that's beyond your normal understanding of what is, and what do you or what are you most likely going to attribute to it to the unknown? Again, especially if you're a theistic person, such as a priest. So it's like, so I kind of just tried to kind of put myself in that mindset to do it, but my but the you know the left side of my brain kept fighting me on that. <laughs> totally understandable so sp- speaking as a non-catholic person is this how catholics view va- uh, view vampires sorry <laughs> i would say view angels like are they supposed to be scary like blood-sucking you know monsters not the not to my understanding no okay yeah okay. i don't, I didn't I think don't so believe so i mean it's more like again they're, they're because angels are non are generally non-corporeal you know, creature, you know, you know creatures or, or beings, so to speak, they are, you know, otherworldly. And so, you know, even, you know, you know we, we talk about, you know, not to mention, you know, talking about again, but, you know, no one can actually hear the actual word of God because they, they, you know, they won't, be, they'll see to exist, they'll die, so to speak. So I think there's a lot, a little bit of this kind of, you know, this awesome in, in all, you know, flavors of that word kind of idea of, of what they represent you know uh you know an, you know angels who you who smite down entire cities you know in, in the service of of the one if you will uh that's at least that's the way that i interpret it again my and my my understanding of all things biblical is again limited to the amount of old testament that i went through at growing up obviously and then just snippets of the of uh, clips of the new testament when i was in social studies like i mentioned during the last pitch Huh. Yeah, my my Bible knowledge pops in and out, despite having grown up um, practicing Hinduism. Like, but I've also having been a Boy Scout and being in way too many churches, I, I've no one was like, oh, by the way, angels. Yeah, no, they totally they're grotesque beings that suck blood. Like, I know familiar. Like, if I remember correctly, there are like nine level different levels of angels. If I remember right, it, mm-hmm. it, is that from Dante's and? No, no, no. There, are there are definitely different orders of angels. One hundred percent. Like, it's the and, ones that stick out to my head are seraphim and cherubim. And then right. there's a bunch, uh, a bunch in between. But. I don't, yeah. Ar- and there's archangels. Yeah, there's a whole different. I don't remember all of them. I probably could have, you know, did a little more research on that that start. But then, you know, now, um, th- now when we start talking about angels, now my mind's going to neon Genesis Evangelion. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you're going to be depressed in the corner for the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the feedback segment. Yeah. Just uh, are you? Because you have to pile the pilot uh, the Ava again, Dan. Uh, you have to pile the Ava again. <laughs> otherwise, we have to make. Otherwise, we have to make ready to do it. Well, don't worry, Dad, because they didn't give that much thought to angels in this in the show. So it's not like <laughs> yeah. you, you you gave the uh, same level of effort that uh, they did. Uh, I would say. Yeah. Well, I think you could. I think Midnight Master is missing a, sub, a kind of a, a subtitle for itself. We can call it the Cruel Angels Thesis. There you go. Boom. Oh man. Huh. Yeah, yeah that's there's a there's a, re- there's, a re- there's a reverence for Sherv and our other listeners listeners it's- out there. My other thought, or what this reminded me of, uh, as I went on to watch the remaining episodes in the in the series, is that this kind of re- <coughs> reminded me of what I thought about the show WandaVision. Is that huh. it start 
it started out kind of with a very interesting and kind of unique take on a on a style of show or a style of story and then just devolved towards the end into something very generic and that has been done a lot before and definitely was not as interesting so like whereas wandavision just became like a typical marvel kind of people fighting in midair kind of thing towards the end this just turned into a vampire story and they kind of abandoned a lot of the things that they had set up in the beginning that's an interesting take on both WandaVision and this show, because I didn't, I mean, they certainly took a different approach with the beginning of WandaVision, but I didn't think it, it was it was too terrible at the end. I, I thought it it kind of worked. I, I, I still enjoyed it. By the, I, by the end I, of I still enjoyed it, but I, there were a lot of people that were hypercritical about the last episode. A lot of really? people ranked the second to last episode that I, that I in, in, the, in various different nerd channels I, fought, I, I hang out in. Um, they ranked the second to last episode over the last episode as far as one of the better episodes. Which was I, I thought was very intriguing to me, but I, yeah, I guess I, in line with with compare make that Wandavision comparison to this series, I I get where you're saying because it does definitely lead to a more generic ending and what's expected. But I just don't, I don't know where you go. Does it? Do you just keep doing the my dinner with Andre thing to the end where uh, and and the and the waiter comes by with the check or like and and Andre, um, Wallace Shawn just walks out and talks about his lovely dinner with Andre or or. <laughs> or do you kind of just acknowledge, oh, shoot, that is a vampire, even though we don't ever call it a vampire, right. and we're going to have to deal with this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think that, you know, that the, the bottom line is that there's always, you know, the idea that the, again, not to get too, you know, theistic about this again, but, you know, I, I don't know if, to my knowledge, I think that both the, the two characters that remain at the end of this, they, to my knowledge, may may or might be both be virgins, and I don't know if that's anything to do with it. Oh, that completely went over my head. If, if they if they in fact were, which it, uh, such it was a trope. also supposed to be a, obviously an out kind of a little bit of a a nod to you know only two only a man and a woman remain to restart the world or the world as you know it as Crockett as Crockett Island, a la Adam and Eve. So there's again there's there's a lot of other biblical you know, kind of symbolism that can might be pulled out of here that, it, you know, that may or may, and there's also lots of stuff, lots of quotes from revelations in this. Again, I don't, I know nothing about revelations other than what I hear and, you know, typical TV discussions or tropes or whatever it is out there. But that's, you know, I, again, I would love to hear more on the scripture element from someone who's a lot more, you know, informed than I am. Is, is revelations where the end of the world stuff happens? Yeah. Okay. Four horsemen, I guess, you know. Yeah. That if, if they were, if those if those the two people at the end were virgins, that reinforces that that horror trope of essentially treating, you know, um premarital sex and anyone who engages in it as deserving of a horrific death and choosing to abstain and, and re, um, remaining like, you know, chaste pure. Um, allow, pure and chaste allows you to survive the horror. I'm just gonna be annoyed. Because um, that's that is such an old trope, such an old theme that runs through horror. That that's something it that could be I think needs to be abandoned. Which actually right. kind of uh, while we're talking about tropes in horror that need to be abandoned or cr- critiques of the genre generally, I, I know it, I'd, I'd mentioned the Vox article by Asia Romano a bunch. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. did, um, I know Scott, you you mentioned you had a chance to look through it. Dan, did you get a chance to look? Through yeah, it as I did. Well? Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. Uh, I, before we jump into the Vox article, because that's a whole lot of. <laughs> words 
I did want to mention one other one thing. Did I, I did also get a bit of that four horsemen vibe of the people who were kind of on the inside. If you think about it, you, you have the yeah, you have the you have you have, you have the the couple. You know the, uh, the you know Lizard's uh, the uh, uh, parents. Then you had uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name. Uh, Serge. Yeah, Sir, yeah, Sir, yeah, Serge. And then you had uh, obviously Bev. So you had these literally these four horsemen that were kind of working mm-hmm. for the you know the central figure. So that, that I was getting a lot of those vibes too. So, but anyway, I didn't, I didn't make that connection, but it definitely makes sense. But every time they mentioned his name, I kept thinking, thinking of surge, that uh, soft drink that one. Of our yes. <laughs> surge. We're all clamoring to get a bottle now. That would have made, that would have made more sense. Like if everybody just, the vampirism was caused by surge, like they just, they were like the last place on the planet that had like tons of it and they've been drinking it and been slipping it into the holy water. And that's why everyone started eating each other. <laughs> that like, would have made more sense of, to me. Instead of drinking the rat uh, poison, they should have drank surge. I, exactly. Yeah. Well, it could have been coolant. It could have been, you know, instead of, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no. But this, but like you said, this Vox article, man. That's uh, yeah. It was, it was, it, a lot of opinions. Yeah, it's funny because I, I get where Romero is coming from in that, honestly, a lot of the horror genre is certainly seen as a refuge for you know the the, the atheists and the you know queer identified folks. I totally get that. However, just because someone made a show that didn't fall into the exact horror trope and didn't make you feel good, doesn't doesn't make it a bad show. Like because I'm not particularly religious at all, and but I still was able to appreciate the the you know the religious stuff that was within this for folks of faith. Because I, I, as much as I find organized religion to be particularly problematic and um, ultimately harmful. Um, in a lot of ways, I, res- I I can still simultaneously respect folks who who do have faith and do find use in religion and aren't complete jerks and just awful human beings. So that the fact that this person wrote this article and was so critical of the show, trying to and I think in a way showing a the positive side of religion and and then taking it as a personal affront, which is dumb. Like I, I just. Mm-hmm. It, it to me it, it showed a, a sense of an expectation that everything is made for you, and oftentimes things aren't made for you. Um, most things aren't made for you. You you get lucky if you you vibe with an artist, but I mean at if, the end of the day, no one's sitting you, here right uh, directing a bunch of shows for nine to watch. If you were to replace all the horror references in here, and you were to replace them with anything that's related to Star Wars, this is written by a Star Wars fan. <laughs> That's an interesting take. Again, it may be it may be a hot take, but again, but that's <laughs> what I, I think about this is because there are people that you know. Again, I feel like the, again, the reason why I say Star Wars fandom as was other fandoms is that I feel like that they're oh so more opinionated about things. Think of it, you know, religion is the is to Star Wars as is you know what is say Lucas's vision, if you will. Original vision, I should say, and then you anything that betrays that kind of the the original trilogy, Old Testament OT. That's kind of scary. That's a that's a weird one. Um, you know that it it almost kind of like is you know anachronistic to 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 you know what's you know whether or not it's positive or negative. And there's a whole bunch of you know kind of this you know it's not just complexity for me. It's like almost like you know there's a lot of you know you know different 
points of view that kind of go, kind of in 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 uh, in Midnight Mass. I feel like that kind of contradict each other a lot. And there's a lot, and they I think she, I think she does mention that a little bit of that in the article. You know, this, this back and forth. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's I, I do every everything out there shouldn't be necessarily made for you. It, it, you know, a, a content creator is a content creator, and if you if you enjoy it great for you if you don't that's fine you know move on to something else <laughs> exactly yeah 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 I, t- I agree with with both of you and the other thing f- that from the vox article or the the thing that i thought was really just he was too stretching it too much is like saying that the show was made before the pandemic but then saying that the show is about the pandemic <laughs> right like how did he where did he get that from like there's no way mm. that this that the show which was filmed, I guess, or, or made before the pandemic started could be connected, like, to say, oh, yeah, they had the pandemic in mind when they made this. Such a yeah. disconnect. Like, it, it, people just don't understand how production works half the time. I, you think somebody who's writing in, like, a, a widely circulated public a publication about television film on a regular basis would understand that it takes time to make a, 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 a series or a movie yeah. or anything like that. But you're absolutely right, Scott. Like, that, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, and I noticed at the very end of the article they mentioned that they made a correction about that. Yeah. Oh, so I, and, I and, and, like, and also and also about uh, uh, Raul's character as well. Oh, yeah. that's right. Or, or, yeah. or actually, or, that, or, 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 and again, and I will not refer to him as Sharif. That was yeah. Yeah, I was ugh, gross. So but, I, I wonder. If, I, like, I felt gross originally. The, the author even like was trying to make that connection even more. And then like, no way you have to make sure that it's clear that this was, uh, this show was, was produced and made before the pandemic started. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean Ra- Rahul Kohli. Yeah. Oh my God. I, he killed it in this. Oh, he was geez. really he, good. Yeah. His, really his, good. his, I mean, I loved everything about his character. You know, we have, you know, you know, Karen over here, you know, Bev, you know, trying to say, always display that she's superior to everyone, you know, in all things holy and all things, you know, good, good, quote unquote, good of people. And you have here who, even at the threat of, you know, of every, almost every single person in town still manages to stay true to what he believes is the, is the just path. You know, and that's what that, that's what I was like. You know, very you know, and, and the and the way that he clung to that, even towards the end, it was you know very impressive on a character portrayal. Uh, I, I like the the both the character and just the performance of the like the town drunk, the guy Joe. Yeah, yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, again, a, a lot. This is this, this is how some people honestly deal with you know types of trauma. I mean, clearly, you know, yeah. he. Again, if we're talking about another sin or guilt, you know, as a result of sin, um, you know, there, you know, it kind of is pervasive with a lot of characters, you know, and I think that everyone here has has some baggage they brought to the table, and you know, and again, you know, whether it's you know Riley's parents, you know, trying to, to deal with the shame of having someone who sinned and who made a you know such a carnal sin, if you will, you know, uh, of you know, again, it was manslaughter, yes, you know, but it, you know, but it was still you know you know, killing another person. So there's, there's a lot of people who all deal with these, you know, proverbial skeletons of sorts, you know, across the board here. Yeah. Again, again, there's a lot of different allegories and kinds of ideas, you know, that kind of interweave here. And so I do appreciate all of that, um, that Flanagan brought to the table here on that perspective. But yeah. 
but again, there are there are some places where you know, you know, if I was doing it, I'd do things a little differently as well. So, no, I could see that. That's true. Uh, I read also that Flanagan himself had battled uh, alcoholism, so a lot of what he oh, put wow. into that character is based on his own experiences. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they did. I think the art, the Vox article did mention that he did base a lot of the the religious stuff also on his upbringing and the fact that his I think his brother was also working on it as well. You know that again. That you know, there's a, this is a very personal piece for him, and I I I and I, I can understand that. But I, I have a couple of like very specific questions. But I don't know if there's anything else you want to comment on the Vox article. Or you want to discuss a little bit more first? No, that that was it. I, I just wanted to bring it up because it everything I. When it, it became a hot button article where I saw everyone kind of universally panning it when the show came out, so I just wanted to raise it because yeah. it was it was it did, it was certainly was thought provoking, absolutely but not thoughts that agreed with it. So, but yeah, please go ahead. So go for plot it, points. So, like towards the end here, like you know, after they they, they cut the power, etc., like that. So, how is the organ working if the power is cut? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they have a generator, maybe, but I don't know. I think they um, just poured the blood of the vampire into the organ. Yeah. <laughs> that no, just, yeah. I think that's how that works. Like everything just ran on vampire blood. And and again, Ali never took communion or the wine. So how did it work for him? Oh. It's I like thought he it, did at some point. Well, no, he, he attended mass, but again, he's not baptized as a member oh. of the Catholic Church. So therefore, he would not be able to receive communion. Um, just so that's why I didn't understand. Like, so he never took the wine. So how did he again? Just because he was in the presence of the quote unquote angel, is that how? That, that's the plot point I, I couldn't get around. Basically, and whatnot. It's kind of like you know. Well, you know, I mean, another spoiler here for a different movie. You know, Electro actually never knew that. Peter Parker with Spider-Man, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a deep cut for me at this point. Yeah. And the last point of that is, you know, Oh wait, okay, is that so, a no way home yeah. reference? Cause I haven't seen that yet. No spoilers, my friend. No, no, no. That, well, that, that's just, no, but if you go back to the original, to- the original Toby movie, he was, he's speaking so casually with Spider-Man, but he never actually had any knowledge of who Spider-Man was. He was trying to be so familiar with him, but he really didn't know him. Ah, uh, okay. Got that's it. Got point. it. Sorry, yeah, I, I'm I'm just very cagey around spoilers right now. Yeah, <laughs> See, no, no, but I'm yes. just saying that just he just didn't know him. No, there. Um, but yeah, but and also one thing, more thing, like they're all trying to get out and they lock the doors. Why couldn't they just break the windows to well, get out are, of the church? Those are real expensive windows. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Again, again, they didn't want to break the set. I get it. I'm just, you know, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get fake blood everywhere, but we're, you know, we're not going to break the windows. <laughs> Seriously, those are antiques. Um, Sorry, I mean, no, these, that's again, fair. These, 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 these are like a hundred percent nitpicky, and I, I get it. But you know, I just, I just, I was able. I had a suspend disbelief about the vampire bit, and so it's like everything like else like was weird and just kind of rubbed me in that way. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like you, fair. yeah, and I almost wonder if like all the intense monologuing was supposed to get you to ignore that stuff. <laughs> maybe it was, yeah. Maybe it's like we need to draw uh, draw people's attention away from the plot holes. Yeah, no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I realized Flanagan directed Doctor Sleep. I don't, did you guys see that by any chance? Oh no, that was the follow up no. to The Shining. Yeah, um, yeah I, didn't, I didn't watch that. Yeah, 
So that's that's sort of my soft spot with uh with um when it comes to horror movies and is that Stephen is Stephen King adaptations, mm. and Doctor Sleep's actually really good. Like it's surprisingly good. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was, and well, he so he's someone who's capable of not leaving these plot holes in, and maybe there are plot holes, a ton of plot holes in Doctor Sleep. I didn't catch him, but um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's capable. I just don't know why this stuff happened. I might have, I might, I might have to check that out. Uh, you know, at some point, then for sure. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I, again, again, it. The Shining is one of those, you know, you know, timeless classics. I mean, I can't, I don't even know how many times I've seen that. I've seen it at least like seven or eight times, at least. Um, I want to say that's that's concerning. Like that's <laughs> that just well, no, that makes no, me worry for your mental health. <laughs> I know, but like I feel, I feel like during, I feel like I've, I watched at least, you know, like for even during college, I must have watched at least two or three times over the course of college. I feel like it's good, and you know what? The the, best, the my favorite part of that is you haven't murdered anyone because of that, because that movie is so insane and so like yeah. so trippy and so mind blowing. I could easily see you murdering like six or seven people after having seen that many times, but you haven't, and that's that's. To your credit, Dan, that's that's, that's very impressive. That's that's, that's oh, positive. I'm really impressed <laughs> with you yeah. at this and, point in time. Thank, yeah. Good job on not murdering people. Yeah, I, I I think that's a that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's one of those ten commandments, as they say. I've, I've heard I've heard good <laughs> things about him. So my fi- final question for both of you is: if they were to make a sequel to this series, like a, another limited series related to this first series, would you watch it? <sighs> Interesting. I don't. I don't know if I would. Because yeah, honestly, after a while, it just dragged on for me, and I was was not as interested. If they went full my dinner with Andre route and they pulled in Wallace Shawn, like <laughs> then we might oh. have you. You might have my attention, but um, <laughs> I, I'm. It's unlikely. I just I, I appreciate it, but it, there's if I'm gonna be pulled into another one of these, uh, it's got to be real a really good story. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this, I don't know if continuing this particular story, because I, I, I appreciated the way it ended. I didn't need to, it, I was good with it. I, I was able to walk away. Like I didn't, okay. I wasn't dying for more. Okay. And you, even though the, 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 the vampire slash angel flew off screen, but we knew that it was going to make a 30 miles a, but then, you know, when you know that her, that she loses all feeling in her legs again, you, again, you already know at that point that, you know, yeah, the, the, the origin the, the the viral source of everything is gone. So yeah, that's, true. That's, Although we thought Jurassic Park was over, and then they figured out how to get the dinosaurs off the island. So you never know. Oh, they yeah. got the di- figured out. Get the, I have not. I don't think I've seen anything past the first one. Oh, okay. If there's money involved, then there's always a way. I, I, I'm talking you, WB, about the Matrix. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And there's a whole cast of, of Friday Night Lights. It's available. That isn't Matt Saracen. So you can get Connie Britton, Kyle Chandler, Amy Teagarden. Do you want you want to get you want to get um, Adrian Palicki in there? Like yeah. you get Mika Kelly. You, there's so much so much talent you could bring on to to extend this universe. For the record, if you put Adrian Palicki and and, and Mika Kelly in anything, I'm going to watch it. It's fine. That's fair. You get Gaius yeah. Charles. Smash it'll smash it up. I, I, I'm on board with that for sure. But yeah, I thought made like they could have made this series in about four episodes. I think. I agree. I agree. I, I think that, you know, again, granted, you know, I, I did appreciate some of the um, the deep character dive, especially honestly on, on Riley and whatnot. At the same time, I felt, yeah, they're, they're, I think that, you know, that was the one part that felt a little bit dragged out for me. And I get that they were laying the, the path 
you know his his character path and i get that but yeah i i, I agree that you know i feel like this could have been uh you know at least an hour and a half shorter probably yeah you know what's funny i actually don't think it i i think it worked at, at with maybe a little bit less length maybe you could drop one episode but not too much more because just because yeah. of the nature of the of the approach that they were taking, right? This this very introspective, very intense, emotional monologue approach. I don't think if you cut too much more than like an, one episode, it, it would have worked as well and still still got where they were trying to go. But, yeah, well, I mean, but I get they needed to give it some time, you know, for you know Riley and and you know, and 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 and, her, and him get reconnected, obviously with you know you know his 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 you know his love interest, if you will. And I, I get that, you know, and I get that, you know, so I do understand, you know, what they were going for, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I understand, yeah, definitely you know, a little bit of trim here and there, a little bit of fat, never heard it, you know, fat trimming didn't hurt anybody sometimes, but yeah. All right. And that is what we thought about Midnight Mass. All right, it is Dan again, and I'm here to pitch a little something a little bit different from what, what I normally pitch here, although but it is kind of tangential to some, to some of the other interests and other things that I've done in the past. And here to pitch the uh, Chinese film, The Ying Yang Master, which is actually uh, picked up by Netflix for streaming rights and whatnot. Uh, it, it dropped originally in China in early February of 2021 and came to Netflix on, on March 2021. Um, so it, it is in the original Mandarin, although you do can get the uh, various different other dubs that were done and released along with that with Netflix and whatnot. I did flip to the English dub for kind of a couple scenes here and there just to kind of get a feel for it. And it's not bad. It's not bad. But I, I, I kind of wanted to continue watching original Mandarin. So, you know, did, did a little bit of that. So just to give you a little bit of background, um, so this is actually adopted from a game, which is which was adopted from a novel. Uh, and so the Yin Yang Master is is, is kind of like the uh, the anglicized version of the term Onmyoji. So you may be familiar with that in case you ever played the that the game Onmyoji, or if you were familiar with the uh, previous runs of movies that focused on um, some of the stories from the original novels that uh, were done. Uh, there was a, I think there was a, another Chinese version of one that was done earlier, and then a bunch of and then they were also done some some earlier in the two thousand around two thousand two I believe there were some Japanese uh, versions of Onmyoji uh, story as well. But the idea of the Yin Yang Master of the Onmyoji is, is there's a lot of there's a deep connection, uh, basically of of this of uh, Yomyoji as someone who kind of helps uh, control or govern and or fight the uh, the supernatural, more specifically demons and whatnot. So that's kind of what an Omyoji it does. So think of it as as a, a not necessarily a demon hunter, but kind of a, 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 a as magic or spiritual uh, magic user, if you will. So. So a little bit about the the beginning of this is that it follow it follows a character who is a yin yang master who is a half, who turns out to be a half human and half demon. Uh, and this you learn about this very early on the on the in the film, and then uh, basically a bunch of different events fall into this that you know could potentially plunge the human and demon worlds into war and kind of cause a major power instability uh, uh, here within. So that's kind of the kind of the, the layout of what you're looking at here. Obviously, there is a senior demon king like figure that exists, and there's also a, a lot of other kind of ancillary characters. But I think that there, what the concept of what 
a demon is, uh, contrary to say a, a previous pitch to <laughs> this one, they're not necessarily all in like kind of that vampiric or other kind of level form. Uh, demons can actually just be of various different sorts and varieties. So you can have some that are very menacing looking and you can have some that kind of just look like animals. So uh, the idea of it, the, the demon is that the, a, a, we think of it as a, as a quote unquote bad thing because they, they, they're, they're, they're feral, they're wild, they're animalistic and whatnot. But in, in, in but they're in reality, it's just kind of a term that, you know, a lot of people like to lay on to beings or things that they don't understand. So, Oh, uh, this sounds like the quirks in My Hero Academia in that yeah. they don't have to be a huge power, but they could just be like, oh, yeah. my fingernails grow real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there is a, a good kind of, you know, kind of uh, parallel that I, that I didn't think about that. But yeah, absolutely. But the idea is that, you know, that um, there is definitely this divide of humans versus demons. And this kind of concept is, is, is very pervasive in a lot of different cultures out there where there's a struggle between quote unquote good and evil quote unquote or yin and yang and whatnot so there's there's a lot of that that kind of goes into play uh, here but yeah so but again but to me you know this is kind of you know just to lay it out there obviously there is this backdrop that is kind of laid out there but there again there is there is story there's characters uh and there's action throughout the whole thing and they managed to kind of you know smush it all together into uh you know uh a pretty uh pretty i, th- I think it was a, a pretty intriguing film and I and I think the you know, oh wait so uh, this is a movie it's a movie yes so sorry I should have just said that yeah this is a movie uh, okay. and yeah it's a movie and I I think that you know it, there's a lot of other influences from other you know kinds of you know Chinese you know uh, other movies that very there's there's obviously a great deal of you know martial some martial arts there's there's a lot of acrobatics and there is but I mean to me the there's a huge emphasis on basically vibrance and depth of color. And uh, and there's kind of a kind of a lush kind of feel for the eyes when you're watching this for sure. And there is a lot of you know very good I think you know design across the board I think in a lot of different ways to kind of emphasize that. And you know and even the and even the the you know, computer graphics they use for it to represent some of the different things there is actually pretty is actually pretty decent. So uh, I was I was you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was mad impressed, but I was moderately impressed by that. And when was it made? When was the movie made? So yeah, once again, it dropped. Uh, the original drop was in, in theaters in China, uh, February twelfth, twenty twenty one, and dropped Netflix about a, m- a month and change later. Okay, wow. And how did you find out about it? Uh, it actually can't. So Netflix recommendations, believe it or not. So yeah. So uh-huh. because because I've watched other, you know either Chinese or Hong Kong cinema kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, it, it kind of will pu- pull up on that. I, and I watch anime as well. And there's also other anime that kind of deal with this kind of, these kinds of genres. So there's kind of a, definitely a loose um, algorithm parameter that was definitely working in its favor saying, Hey, you might like this. And so I do have like, you know, it's again, just like everyone and their, and their, and their mother out there. We, I have a, a laundry list of stuff that I've yet to get to. <laughs> and this was one of them, you know, I was like, Oh, I would like to watch a movie for a change, you know, cause I'm watching a lot of series as of late. So I thought this might be a, a welcome kind of uh, a shift in, uh, in both in genre and also in, in length. The terrible thing is every time you say yin yang master, all I think of is that, that scene from the 40 year old virgin where Steve Carell talks about, being a yo-yo master and being like, oh, no one's <laughs> no one walks up to me and says, oh, d- you're a yo-yo master. Why want you to do me? 
I, oh, see, I, I thought you were. I thought you were going to refer to the the the, the YouTube clip you sh- you decided to share. That's with That's next. <laughs> yes, the, and then the other thing I thought of was the Yin Yang Twins Whisper song, which we can't bring up on this podcast because we're trying to keep it clean. Yes, um, yes, excellent song, super creepy. As I, can, I listen, I, can, I had completely forgotten about that song legit until I watched. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about this song. <laughs> it's it's a classic that just pops up every once in a random every once in a while randomly in my head. But I'm glad this 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 pitch or, or the, knowing this pitch was on the radar brought it back up in my head. So now I'm just gonna be listening to that for the next uh, week or two. And so for for all you uh, for all you you know people you TikTok people out there, this is your challenge to do a a, a whisper TikTok challenge. Do it. Yeah. Throw ASMR out the window. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm curious, that, and you know it's it's interesting you pitch this, Dan, because well, Scott hasn't been involved in this, but Dan and I have because uh, one of one of our regular listeners introduced us to something called Shaolin Jazz, yeah, which is a project from DJ Two Tone Jones, um, who's a, a a DJ out in the uh, the DC area, who essentially does a lot of remixing of hip hop over. But he has a, a "Can I Kick It" series where he remixes the scores for movies, and it's if I understand correctly, it was originally a lot of um, Chinese martial arts movies and lacing hip hop uh, music over the score, which mm. it's brilliant. If you ever get a chance to check out a, a "Can I Kick It," uh, he used to during the pandemic he streamed them over Twitch um, and M Live, and uh, he is has not been doing that as of, as of recording as much. He's been doing a lot of live stuff because he was able to do live stuff. I'm hoping he brings the streams back, but it is. I thought brilliant. I saw, I thought I saw a post on Instagram recently that he was going to bring back a, a stream every now and then now that we're kind of, you know, hitting another wave here. So, Oh, that'd be amazing. But yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to this. Like I, I, I enjoy a good martial arts movie. I was, I remember growing up and seeing the uh, sort of the, the afternoon movies, and I don't, this might've been like a tri-state area thing, but I just always remember like the random channels having random Asian martial arts movies on in the afternoon. I, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I'm like 99% sure as a child, I saw lots of random Asian martial arts movies just randomly on Saturday afternoons. And it, I just remember thinking about it a lot and I'm kind of looking forward to, to getting back into that. Cause it, it's, it's a, it's a fun time. It's and between the sort of standard action movies that we get from Hollywood and the Asian, the Asian imports definitely leaning more towards the Asian import stuff nowadays. So I'm, I'm on board for this. Uh, I'm intrigued as well. I am. uh, This is a type of movie that I definitely don't watch frequently. Um, But you know, I like crouching tiger, hidden dragon. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there, there, there is some fight choreography that is reminiscent of that. I would say, I mean, it's combination of this, a little bit of kind of a, uh, a little some jetly legend in there, maybe a little. So there's there there's there is kind of like different aspects of that. So there is you know, hand to hand. There's weapon usage here and there as well. Uh, and there's again, and they do throw a lot of this supernatural element into there as well. And so, and there's a lot of kind of concepts with Omioji. I mean, Omioji, they, they they generally they use a couple of different things. They have obviously chance that they use they also have uh you may have seen like you know the the little kinds of um, uh long uh rectangular shaped uh kind of parchment pieces that they stick on things uh, which are you know which have like different kinds of seals or spells on them um and they also uh employ the use of uh, what are called familiars uh, as well 
So, and so there's all these different concepts. And, and again, there's a lot of different, you know, modern adaptations of this basically. So uh, uh, one, one kind of, one kind of uh, more modern on, on, on the anime front is uh, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, which is a tremendous series. I, I might, I might have, I might have to pitch that at some point in the future. Cause it's probably one of my, favorite more recent modern anime series out there so that might have to be put on the, on the back burner for myself for the moment but yeah i have to say uh, one of our listeners is going to be very excited for this and as soon as he 100%. cleans up his pants <laughs> after hearing this bit i'm very <laughs> curious to see if we get any a, a direct feedback from him so that yeah this, this would be a good time i'm curious i i as i say each master to their own technique cool yeah i'm looking forward to checking it out well, we tried. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. Please join us next week for another exercise in futility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on iTunes. Or if you didn't listen to, a, to this on iTunes, please complain about us on your social media platform of choice. Good night, everybody. <laughs>